0: Our reading for today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7-18. to 18. Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of his glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face To keep the Israelites from gazing at it, from the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made made dull. For to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are we transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Thanks, Ray. Good morning, Judge. It's a joy to be here this morning,
1: everyone. So thank you for having me. Um, Now that we're halfway through the year, I wanted to start off this morning by asking you, if you made them, how are your New Year's resolutions going? Bad? Yeah, mine are pretty bad too. The beginning of the year, it seemed so hopeful, right? Half of us, myself included, had plans to change the way we eat or maybe the way we sleep or exercise And yet, if you asked me how my New Year's resolutions were going, I'd shamefully mumble a non-response and try and change the subject. But then there's the other half of us, those more like my wife Ash, who have resolved to never make another resolution again, because she knows they never stick. (laughs) Making changes can be hard, and yet our mission statement here at Gosset PC is knowing Jesus, loving people, changing lives. This is the motto by which we approach our ministries as a church, and by which we try to aim to live our lives by. And it's exactly what we're going to be doing today while we ask, how do we make changes that last? And we're going to see that we make changes that last through the glory and the intimacy of knowing Jesus. I've preached from 2 Corinthians a few times now much at my time here at Gosford, and it's because it's my favourite book of the Bible. It's just got something to say about so many areas of life. But before we move on, it's worth noting a few things about this wonderful part of the Bible. Second Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul, and he wrote this letter to prepare the way for his next visit to the church he established in the city of Corinth. And one of his goals in writing was to remove any obstacle that would make that difficult or prevent it from being beneficial to everyone. His aim was to cause the people of God in Corinth to self-examine challenging areas in their lives. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing today while we ask, how do we make changes that last? And this morning we're going to be looking at a few key points that touch on this. In the first point, we'll look at the surpassing glory of the new covenant, where we'll see that the new covenant, the glory of the new covenant, surpasses the glory of the old covenant. These are Paul's words, not mine, trust me, you'll see. And in the second point, we'll look closely at the transforming glory of the new covenant, where we'll see that Jesus reveals God's glory in the most intimate and adequate way possible. Today we're going to see that through Jesus, we know God in the most revealed, and intimate, and glorious way possible. We're going to see that this changes lives, our own and others. So first up, the surpassing glory of the new covenant. A common thread in Second Corinthians is Paul's defence of his ministry as a his ministry as an apostle appointed by the resurrected Jesus. And the reason for this repeated defence is that false teachers had infiltrated the Corinthian church and were calling his authority into question. Paul's been talking about this when he says from verse 6 that he, God, has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The old covenant between God and God's people, Israel, was the letter, it was the law, And the new covenant that Paul is a minister of, it far surpasses the glory of this old covenant. Because it's by this covenant that we know God in the most glorious and fulfilled and revealed way possible. So I think it's worth starting this morning by thinking about what we mean when we use the words covenant and glory. And then we can fully understand why the glory of the new covenant surpasses the glory of the old. So first up, covenant. And covenants can be thought of as a contract or agreement between two parties where promises are made and confirmed by an oath. A modern and biblical example of a covenant is marriage, where promises are made and sealed by an oath to keep these promises. So throughout salvation history, God has made covenants with his people. He's made promises to them. And it's through these promises that, we, that God's people learned more and more about God's character. In 2 Corinthians, Paul references two covenants. The Old Covenant, which is the letter or the law, where he talks about the story of God giving Moses the Ten Commandments, and the New Covenant. And the New Covenant is the one that was established through the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's that if you believe in Jesus, you'll have eternal life. We've seen as well that glory is associated with both covenants, Glory is an awesome word used in the Bible. It's used to convey the idea of weightiness, of worthiness, of honour, dignity and majesty. We see the gloriousness of the Old Covenant in the way God revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament and in the giving of the Ten Commandments. We know from Exodus 19 that God showed his glory through thunder and lightning and a thick cloud covering the mountain. Through trumpet blasts that were so loud that the people in the camps shook from how loud they were. You can feel the weightiness of this moment after God brought his people out of Egypt. And then when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, the Israelites saw God's glory reflected in the face of Moses. His face was radiant, it says. His face literally shone. And you can see with the Old Covenant that God's glory was a dominating factor. And yet, Paul calls the Old Covenant the ministry that brought death. He calls it this because once the law was given, people were made abundantly aware that they were law breakers. They were left convicted as guilty sinners. And yet, Paul says this law that brought death came with glory because of the Israelites. They couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses. From verse 7 it says, Now if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was. Here, Paul's referencing Exodus 34, verses 29 through 30, which says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, the Ten Commandments, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. The glory that was reflected in the face of Moses was something that made the Israelites afraid. The law, the old covenant, was a glorious and yet convicting thing. And Paul tells us that the ministry of the Spirit will be even more glorious. The new covenant is that if you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. It's a simple and yet wonderful covenant. Paul says that this new covenant established through Jesus is far more glorious than the old one. And this is because after Moses met with God, and came down from the mountain, his radiantly shining face would eventually fade. The glory revealed through Moses was, as Paul says here, transitory or fading. Yet the glory that's available to all who believe through Christ, it's not transitory, it's everlasting. It's therefore even more amazing and weighty and worthy and honourable and majestic to be a part of this new covenant. Because the new covenant is surpassingly glorious. It's like comparing the brightness of a full moon on a clear night to that of the blazing brightness of the sun. When it's a dark night and the moon is full, the moon appears bright. And yet when you compare that brightness to that of the sun in the day, the sun far surpasses the moon's light. If we think about the old covenant like a shining moon, it's still a wonderful thing to behold. Yet if we think about the new covenant like the sun, the new covenant is far more glorious. It just outshines the moon. And so there's two things we can take away from this part. If you're not a believer, can I encourage you to hear this? Know that every single one of us in this room is a sinner myself included. And being a sinner means you've broken God's law. So everyone here is a law breaker. This isn't a popular thing to say because the general consensus in our society is that humans are generally pretty good people. So, let's just look at two of the Ten Commandments and judge if, how good we are from these. So first up, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. The Bible says... Our neighbour is anyone in close proximity to us. So basically, don't lie. Have you guys ever told a lie before? Cool, you're all liars. Alright, next one, verse 15 from Exodus 20. You shall not steal. Have you ever stolen anything in your life before, even if it's something really small? Yeah? Okay, cool. You're all lying thieves then. (laughs) Yeah. See, we're all lawbreakers, every single one of us in this room. That's just two out of ten. We could go on, but you guys get the idea. That means, while this is a hard thing to hear, it's a true thing. And amazingly, you can know that although the old covenant law condemns, and maybe today you might be thinking of particular sins in your life that are making you feel guilty, the new covenant far surpasses the old because the new covenant makes us at peace with God. When we believe in Jesus, we're made righteous we're given a clean slate in God's eyes as verse 9 says if the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness so if you're not a believer please know that Jesus died to establish this new covenant with you he died to make you a promise that if you believe in him you will have eternal life and he rose from the dead to confirm this promise If you are a believer, you can take comfort in the fact that this covenant is one that lasts. We read from verse 11, If what was transitory came with glory, if what was fading came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? This new covenant, what I've been calling you anyway, was established 2,000 years ago. So if you're ever in a tough place, can I encourage you to look to God's word look and see throughout all of the story of the Bible that every single one of God's promises came true, that he kept every single promise. See, the new covenant is the thing we can put our hope in until Christ returns and when all the promises made through Jesus are complete. So look to the promises of scripture and know that God always keeps his promises. Know that this new covenant is the most complete and glorious way of knowing God. And therefore, we can know that it is all-surpassing in glory in comparison to the Old Covenant. We read in verse 10 that what was glorious has no glory in comparison with the surpassing glory. The New Covenant that Paul was a minister of far surpasses the glory of the Old because the Old Covenant condemns And the new covenant makes those who believe in it righteous. The old covenant was transitory and the new covenant is everlasting. Through this covenant, we know God in the most glorious, fulfilled and revealed way possible. And that leads me to my next point, and that is the transforming glory of the new covenant. So we've seen throughout the talk so far that a covenant is promised made between two parties and that glory is associated with both the old and the new covenants and yet the glory of the new covenant just surpasses the glory of the old. It outshines the old like the sun outshines the moon. And now we're going to see that the new covenant is transformational. It transforms the way in which we come to God and the way we come to know God and it transforms the way that when through faith we believe in Jesus, this new covenant transforms the way that we as a people become more like Christ because we see through faith we can be very bold. Verse 11, the 12 says, since therefore we have such a hope, we are very bold. And the hope that Paul is talking about here is the hope he just explained in the previous section and that is for those who believe we we can have a hope That brings righteousness, that's everlasting, and that's surpassingly glorious. These hopes make us very bold if you're a believer. This hope transforms the very way in which we know and approach our God. From verse 13, Paul continues his commentary on Exodus 34, and those verses read, When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. And then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. Moses put a veil over his face after he'd finished speaking to the people. And Paul tells us from verse 13 that we're not like Moses. Who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away? As glorious as the radiant face of Moses was, it was a fading glory. It was passing away. Believers are not to be like this. Now, everyone who believes reflects the glory of God. It's no longer down to just one man to reflect the glory of God, but all who believe the very way we know and approach God is transformed through the surpassing glory of the new covenant. Unfortunately, though, for some, the veil remains. Read in verse 14 that their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. That has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Many people in the world do not know God. They don't truly know who God is in the same way that those who believe through Jesus do. To know God through Christ is the only way to know God. And that's why Paul says, only through Christ is the veil taken away. They don't share in the same intimacy that believers do. There's a barrier between them and God. But thankfully, we read from verse 11... Sorry, not thankfully, but from verse 15 we read, Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Even to this day when Moses is read, that's when the Old Testament is read without faith in and through the lens of Christ, a veil covers their hearts. But thankfully, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This means when we approach the Old Testament, by looking through the lens of Christ, we see that the entire biblical story was pointing towards Jesus. We see that the barrier is removed, the veil is removed, and we can know God without this veil obscuring our sight of him. The imagery used here of a veil is just so fitting. And when we think about a veil, we think about the wedding veil. because Before the union of man and wife, the veil separates It creates a barrier. There's a lack of intimacy and a distance. But as the tradition goes, the moment comes when the groom can remove the veil and kiss his wife, and he lifts it, and they're no longer hidden, or distant, or separated, or out of reach from each other. Their relationship, their very relationship, is transformed. And just like this, when we know God through Jesus, the veil is removed. The barrier between us and God is removed and we can boldly approach God in a personal and intimate way. The way to God is no longer mediated through men. Rather, it's mediated through Christ in an intimate and personal way. And he makes the knowledge of who God is crystal clear. When we know God through Christ, we're set free to live for him. It's through faith in Christ that we're enabled to make changes that last. And God has given us, as believers, the ability to make changes through the freedom of the Spirit. Which is why in verse 17 we read, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Paul reaches his conclusion regarding the superiority of the new covenant. And he shows that not only does the new covenant change the way we know and approach God, It enables those who believe to be a transformed people too. Knowing Jesus means people can make changes in their lives that last. We read from verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. There are three parts that we can take away from this today to apply to our lives to learn how to effectively make change that lasts and the first is to know the Lord the more we intimately behold or contemplate the Lord's glory the more we are transformed into his image we are all transformed into his image when we contemplate the Lord's glory this is an awesome and wonderful thing, because all believers now, we can all contemplate or reflect him. We can do this with unveiled faces, with no barrier between us and God. So spend time with God. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that the more time you spend with someone, the more you become like them, for better or worse? So we become like those we're around. And the best person then to be spending time around is God. The second is to know it's a process. Because becoming a believer doesn't mean you'll be changed instantaneously, you don't change overnight. Rather, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. It is ever increasing, but sanctification is a process. Change takes place in the heart of a believer. And it is internal change, but it takes time. It's the change of heart that only God can produce. And amazingly, it never fades away, but it actually grows with ever-increasing glory. We're all sinners who are in the process of our own sanctification when we believe in Christ. And yet you can know that it is a process, it will happen. The third is to know it's a gift change is a gift any and all change that you see where you're being more transformed into the glory of God into the image of who he is it's not something you've earned or something you've done it comes from the Lord this means we can't be proud of ourselves rather we humbly come to God with grateful hearts we spend time with him Because being transformed into the likeness of his image with ever-increasing glory is from the Lord. So be thankful for the change you've already seen in your own life and the lives of those around you who are believers too. And know that knowing Jesus means believers can make changes in their lives that last. Because Jesus brought about change that lasts. It means that we can be people who are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. We can know that this is a process and it takes time, it takes a lifetime actually, but that's a gift from God. Because the glory of the new covenant not only transforms the way we know and approach God, it, it changes believers too. Making changes can be hard. And yet our mission statement here at Gosford PC is knowing Jesus, loving people, changing lives. Through Jesus, we know God in the most glorious and intimate way possible. This changes lives. It changes our own and others. Jesus brought about change that lasts. And through Jesus, we can make change that lasts. Because, as we've seen, the new covenant that Paul was a minister of far surpasses the glory of the old covenant because the old covenant condemns and the new covenant makes believers righteous in God's eyes because the old covenant was transitory and the new covenant is everlasting just as the sun outshines the moon the new covenant is surpassingly glorious in comparison to the old covenant and through this we know God in the most glorious and revealed way possible and we've seen that the new covenant transforms the very way in which we know and approach god so know that the new covenant enables you as a believer to be a transformed person knowing jesus means believers can make changes in their lives that last it means that we can approach we can be a people sorry who are being transformed into god's image with ever increasing glory We can know that this is a process and it takes a lifetime, but we can also know that this is a gift from God because the glory of the new covenant is transformational. If this is new to you and it's something you'd like to know more about, please come and chat to myself or Matt or any of the people who brought you here today. It's something we'd love to talk to you more about. If you've been a believer for a while, can I encourage you to take some time today to ask yourself, what change can I make in my life? to be more transformed into the image of God because he's given you the freedom to do so through the spirit. And can I encourage you to remember this week that through Jesus, we know God in the most glorious and intimate way possible. This changes lives, our own and others. So contemplate the Lord's glory. Be transformed into his image with ever increasing glory And know this comes from God. This is how we can make change the last. Please join with me, Lord. I pray for this now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, you transformed the way that we can know and approach you. That you revealed yourself to us in the most glorious and intimate way possible. I pray, Father, for anyone who has heard this message today, who is maybe feeling convicted of sin in their life, that you would be with them through your spirit, giving them the freedom to effectively make changes that last by having faith through Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would help every one of us here who claim faith to be a transformed people who are being made into your image with ever-increasing glory. We thank you, Lord, for this change. It is truly a gift to be able to call ourselves your people. And we pray you'll be with us this week as we look to make changes in our own lives. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.